0: At the Indian Institute of Science, several timely research and technology development projects have been initiated to address problems arising from the current COVID-19 pandemic. However, due to lockdowns and the reduced functioning of the world overall, the researchers are facing difficulties in disseminating the results of their work. Through this series of informal conversations with some of the researchers and scientists behind some of these projects, we hope to gain an understanding of the what, the how, and how does this help of some of these fascinating projects. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another podcast as part of the series on the responses and innovations that have come out of the Indian Institute of Science to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. Now we have with us Professor Chiranjee Bhattacharya. Lovely to have you with us, Chiranjee. Thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Thank you for inviting me. It's quite a pleasure,
0: I would say, to be part of your show. Thank you. If you could just start, uh, sir, by telling um, by telling us a little bit about yourself, what you do, how you arrived at where you are now to do the work that we will talk about. And just so our listeners get, in, get a bit of a context of who they're listening to.
1: Okay, so I am currently a professor here at the Indian Institute of Science in the Computer Science Department. I'm also associated with a center called Robert Bosch Center for Cyber-Physical Systems. So my research area is in machine learning. Uh, So uh, when I started to work in machine learning during my Ph.D., it was, I mean, people used to say, what machine, what are you learning and all that. So now it has become uh, quite widespread. So over 20, 25 years, we have been at it, if you count my Ph.D. days as well. So uh, my research interests, are in the foundations of machine learning but we also actively engage with local industry here and try to solve uh, exciting problems which are at the periphery of uh, let's say foundations and applied engineering so that's why we're here and uh, now the second phase of your question is that how has that prepared me for what we are doing now right and, uh, and now specifically your program is on covid responses or vice so yes, that's right. yeah one of the things uh, over the past 20 25 years when i am in the field of machine learning it has taught me many things but primarily what is of great use today is to how to model empirical facts here the disease is not well known the effects are not well known All we have is uh, some observations. And from that, we need to come up with models quickly and uh, see how it helps uh, the general populace at large.
0: Right. And so this is a slight digression, but uh, machine learning, Hmm. if you could very briefly just tell us what exactly it encompasses.
1: Yeah. So when you ask a professor to describe machine learning in two sentences, you'll not get two sentences. You've got a two-hour lecture, right? minimum
0: yes usually
1: yeah <laughs> but i'm and after Fair that we all go to sleep. so but let me even try to put two sentences so machine learning as the subject uh, I mean maybe it is not properly worded uh, it is like you can rephrase it as saying building intelligent machines now, now now the problematic word is intelligent what is intelligent now that you can take this debate to a philosophical level uh, and all that right having said that so instead of Getting into this philosophical um, aspects of it, uh, one can uh, clearly say that uh, oh, can, I, can the machine see? Can the machine perceive the world? That is, can it hear? Right? And uh, can it communicate? So, people have this is the engineering view of the world, if you may say. And you see, today we have scanners which can understand your handwriting. right? Today, uh, if you uh, there are machines which can listen to you. And respond to you as well if you don't speak too fast or if you speak a standard language etc right these are some minor minor examples and that yeah. is where the world is excited about right. Uh, right now if you want a two-hour lecture then i can proceed but at this point i'll stop and ask you what you want.
0: <laughs> i think yes i think we'll save that for another day okay so coming to the subject of the next 20 or 30 minutes the work that you're currently involved in is suppressed and not flatten strategies for rapid suppression of covid-19 uh, and just there i was intrigued because the word suppress is a far more aggressive and you know active term how does this reflect the work itself
1: so see there is uh, there is a difference between suppressing and flattening right Now, so flattening would mean, unfortunately, these are all in the context of this deadly virus going around and their effects. So the idea is that somehow you take measures, but whatever measures you take uh, would involve most of the populace getting sick, let us say, see, it can't forbid that, right, suppose this happens, policy cannot prevent all of you getting infected, but what it can do is, it can delay. The effects in such a way that all of us are not sick at the same time. And in such diseases like this, suppose if if only a small fraction of the populace are affected, it is possible for the local healthcare infrastructure to take care of that. So that means this is called flattening the curve. Now suppression means try to ensure that very soon the disease is completely wiped off. That is, so now how should we do that? Now if there's a vaccination, I can put vaccination. Correct. So that's that's the way I'm saying, that's the difference. Now, the question, the title is put it that way in the sense that, see, when we saw in the literature, it's of course, this paper was conceived in April. Now it has, uh, events have gone far ahead than this paper's context, it has overtaken us. Yes. Yeah. So now, at that point, we were actually thinking that, we don't have a vaccine. So what would be good strategies which will try to, you know, just kill the disease?
0: I hope right.
1: that if that answers your question, I'm
0: sorry. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So since we said that you know the things have moved apace since, mm-hmm. let's say April, we're in uh, almost at the end of July now, so that's mm-hmm. nearly three and a half months. And a large part of I think this paper deals with you know post lockdown policies, and you mentioned quite a few, the two day work week, the uh, what you call the t 2s right? you know, which is the second level of contact tracing, right wise sealing, all of this. Do you think that three and a half months down the line, these things are still applicable and useful, or have we moved completely on to something else, like a different paradigm of dealing with this? So, good question. So, see, when we wrote the paper, we were
1: at least the twenty twenty one days, you know, yeah, that time frame. Yeah. So now, so now I said that okay, if I start now, what would be mm-hmm. a way to you know completely suppress the reason? That's where we started. Right. However, having said that, even today. Mm -hmm. And okay, we are pleasantly surprised that, see, currently many, many, we see local state governments, no, are trying to experiment with odd even, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and say, okay, Saturday, Sunday off, these are all examples of a restricted work week, It kind of, and our thought process started is that when we saw lockdown, right, so lockdown, in our understanding is a very, you know, blunt hammer. Mm -hmm. And it has, uh, while it's a good suppression strategy, if, if, if it was used for a longer enough time, you know, it's a good strategy, but it has very unintended ad consequences. Like, you know, economy gets uh, hammered and all that, right? So that's what we started thinking that what could be other ways. So that right. is where we tried uh, listing on some of the things you mentioned. We can explain, we can discuss that. The yeah. point is that today also, if you are sick, then you should uh, be quarantined. That is one. Definitely. Your uh, immediate like uh, contact graph, contact network, you you should uh, be immediately checked and all that. Right. Even the second level contact tracing.
0: Can we just take a route into what is the second level of contact tracing?
1: See, suppose not only suppose if I am infected right now, you check who am I in contact with, Now you find that person is also sick. What we are saying is that you check that person's contact also. The reason being that, see, suppose in my contact, if you see somebody is sick, It does not imply that person has infected me or I have infected that person, but it could be well likely there is a person in our joint who has jointly infected us, you know, who may not be at this point uh, sick also because the sickness does not stay. This is in a nutshell, you know, you say that that's why the secular contact tracing was helpful. But the problem is that if many, many people get infected, now tracing Mm. so many people is not an easy job. But few countries have done it. South Korea, for example, these are things, but I, but I doubt whether the, even the capacity, which I mean, in a country like India, not sure whether they can also cope with it. So now comes the other thing, that ward wise thing, no? See now, yeah, worldwide sealing. Yeah. See, I see Bombay, they're doing it, no? Even in Bangalore also, yes. our, we got this idea from Bangalore, we saw that the government was trying to do, okay, if somebody is sick in this ward, we can seal it off. Correct. And that was started Correct. this investigation. Now, what we found is that instead of lockdown, yeah. if you could have, so basically fight the disease locally, you know, that is the, yeah. our idea.
0: Right, right, right. And I think the most interesting thing that I found was the two-day work week, mm-hmm. uh, which again, you touched upon briefly talking about, you know, a restricted work week where people are trying different kind of permutations and combinations of exposure basically of risking people do you has that been applied anywhere in the world that that we know of is does that actually stand a chance of success in any form
1: so two things has to be noted see in our paper if you see we stayed away from the numbers while the experiment showed two-day work week but we said reduced work week is the thing Number two is a function of the, how the model was parameterized. So the other problem also you see with people who follow this epidemiology literature, uh-huh. you will see people make predictions. So people will tie, you know, right. predictions are made. Right. But right. when say, but when reality doesn't happen, the reason is these models, you know, there are a lot of stochastic by stochastic I mean probabilistic uh, effects. So right. which so now moment you tie yourself to a number, the uncertainty mm. along the number is quite high. So often this will not match. And mm. these are functions, the parameters you put in and things you do, right? Yes. Right. So we also saw that's another problem, and that is why I tried to build a model and come. Can it, can we draw more qualitative judgments? So today a week, I'm not sure is followed, but reduced work week is definitely followed. And our yes. setup is a very nice, simple setup where you can mm. experiment with this to compare. Should I do lockdown or should I do this? Right, and one of the intentions of the scientist is I always believe as a scientist, our job is to create options for policy makers, right? So they can, right. uh, that that's the reason where we came from,
0: I'm saying. right? Right, so essentially, what you've done is you laid out cause and effect for various scenarios, and then whoever makes the policy takes those into account to decide which path they want to follow, right? Number am one, number two, right?
1: also, it does one more thing. See, yeah,
0: uh,
1: I am not saying that the model, the model is a very simplistic model, it is based on something called a small world network.
0: Yes, that will be my now next it, question.
1: Now it differs. So now the problem is that you may, if I were a common citizen, I would say you've done modeling, but tell me what will happen in Bangalore City. Tell me what will happen in my neighborhood. Mm. Now that requires a very detailed model, which you don't have. Mm. It will take years to build that, right? Mm. Mm. Correct? Now we yeah. give you a very simple procedure, which doesn't require this amount of detail. Yet being able to, it tries to give you a qualitative... Comparison between various policies. Number one, which the policymakers, if they have a better model, is that information I don't have, right? But you know, local administration might have. No, you know, they yeah. may have uh, right. information about how many people live in a ward and this and that, who is moving from yeah. where. So they can yeah. use. So that's also another thing. They can use this model, you know, per se. It may not right. be the predictions, but the model they can use and come up with their own whatever inferences they would like to draw.
0: What is this small world? What is this concept about? Is it something again that we can go into in this conversation? Or is it a much larger topic?
1: Uh, no, small world is, um, since I don't work, so for every scientist, no, the area <laughs> one we, he or she works in is actually a lifetime of lecture, if you ask
0: that person. Right. Okay. Small
1: world is not really my line of work. So it's a one hour lecture.
0: Okay. okay. It's,
1: it's a one hour lecture. <laughs>
0: It's less than machine learning. Okay, <laughs> yeah,
1: Because I don't work on it. Right? But scientists right. work on it will give you a lifetime lecture, right? Sure so, sure. so small world is a very nice, interesting graph theoretic idea. So where they say that how does, uh, and it in reality, it has shown this model has shown very usefulness in studying how do we interact with the socially. So maybe if you have seen that, uh, that uh, I think there were some the, like, uh, the six degrees of freedom and all that. Right. Yeah. yeah separation. Right.
0: Six degrees of
1: separation. Six yes. Separation. Right. That can be thought about as a small world um, okay,
0: phenomenon. Right. Okay. 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 Understood. 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 Okay. okay. So it's about the probability of contact and interaction, interaction between various that, right? individuals in a group. Okay.
1: Okay. So that's where the models are
0: useful for. Now, right. now
1: what we see, as you said, right? So now the point is that if I don't have a model, then what do I do? You see now The question is that if I take a very simple model, then it would be no. too simplistic. model no. should reflect some reality, right? Then uh, we give references to the paper of how people were thinking that this kind of outbreaks, especially in urban places, can be thought about a small world phenomena, but nobody went and did the next step. So people show empirical evidence to show that this could be thought of a small world phenomenon. So we took it to the next step. They're suspecting the small world. Now I said, okay, let's bite the bullet and say, okay, small world, what happened? Right. And also, then you see, then you want to put a city, right? Now, what is a city? Now, we can say cities are organized into small clusters, like wards. Now, small world with wards are maybe very well connected. See, now we can say, ah, Bangalore is, or any city of that matter, is a collection of wards municipal right.
0: wards, I mean, maybe
1: in the world themselves, they are like a small world phenomenon, and the wards are connected to one another. So that's right. why we get a multi-world, you know, in a small um, world network. Multi. So right. now, so now in graph theory terms, there's something called lattice, the lattice, right. is how do you connect to one another, right? 1D or 2D lattice. Now, in our understanding, nobody has modeled a city like a multi-lattice small world problem, the lattice for each ward, wards are connected. So it it brings a rich set of models, actually, a very rich set of models. And then we start uh, simulating. Now we said, okay, let's lose the pandemic on this. And that's
0: where we are. Right. This is a unique approach to this this problem. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Fantastic. Uh, Congratulations. (laughs) I think firstly, (laughs) I also want to talk about the do nothing model versus the FDLD, which is the fixed uh, duration lockdown. Right.
1: So now, so if you see the do nothing, right? Do nothing means I don't know do anything. That's the base case. Right. So now, whatever I do, I have to show in relationship to that. If you don't do anything and you take a policy, right? right? So, so do nothing is you simulate and see, uh, and you, and, and we we'll try to quantify the number of infections and this and that. Right. right. And then FTLD is, uh, is acronym for fixed duration lockdown. Right. Remember. India went into the, when the first lockdown announced, right? They said that we'll go for 21 days, which will extend to 40 days. This is a fixed duration lockdown. The thing is, is the lockdown is done. If it is not done long enough, Mm -hmm. right? It won't be a suppression policy. What it do Mm -hmm. is if we do it for a short time, what it will do is it will, it will flatten it to some extent, you know, people will not get sick, but moment you lift the lockdown, people will start interacting and all that. Right. So now yeah. you, in that graph, you will see what we have found is that moment if the lockdown, you see the peak comes, but comes at a delay. Right. At the end of the day, it does not help you that much, right? Unless you follow the other steps, no?
0: Right, right, right. So what you're actually saying is that the fixed duration lockdown is almost as good as not doing anything, except that it kind of postpones it. Uh, postpones the, okay, the onset so now, of the infection.
1: Right now, what what we can also do during the duration lockdown, maybe that's what India did, I guess. That mm-hmm. you can you can look for resources, make arrangements, so that as soon as lockdown lifted, you can do other things, right? You know, you right. use maybe you can arrange for more PPE kits, and you can arrange for more um, more hospital beds and medical all of these. So, so this buys you <laughs> some time. Use you know, right. time use nice, you can use. Maybe that's what India did. But I'm not privy to. The all the information, but this is what I assume may be the strategy of the administrators at large, right? Uh,
0: great. Is there anything else about this particular paper that you would like to
1: address? Uh, the good questions. One of the things is maybe you want to also highlight the fact that we tried to do introduction. We mentioned that even the top leadership of the world, yeah, United Nations, who, yeah, they also identified that the only way out is you have to do. This suppression. Yeah,
0: the flattening. worst is yet to come.
1: All of that. Yeah, don't do it. Flattening, even mm-hmm. especially in countries like India, right? Where the healthcare is not really that good. If hundred people get sick, one percent mm-hmm. will die. Do whatever you want. Now, if you value that thing, that every life is important. If you take that view, mm-hmm. then suppression is the only way out. That is one aspect. This has a good motivation. I'm saying this is one aspect. The other aspect is uh, that uh that that when we say that why this is better than the other what method mm. you say one thing is better than the other right mm. now and if we say life is paramount so there is something yeah. called attack rate okay attack rate you know okay. so, so attack rate is so it is unfortunate but we have to use the word which are used in war. See it's like see it's like I mean if war has broken up our economy is broken because of pandemic. So yeah. see nothing less than a war the impact of it. so people call it that the virus is attacking the population. It's called attack rate.
0: Okay.
1: So now any policy should come up is that I must minimize the attack rate, the number of people infected. Why? Because as you see, I don't have a vaccine at my disposal. As I told you, if hundred people get infected, one person will die. Uh-huh. Because I don't have enough tools, right? And now give and if you have more challenge with healthcare infrastructure, more people will die. So now any policy should have attack rate has to be lower. lower. That is why this quarantine, this two-level tracing, all that is very important to give the attack mm-hmm. rate low. So, in summary, our result shows that if you are in early days of epidemic, you can fight it locally with very aggressive measures. contact tracing. So, contact tracing is an absolute must. I mean, this is
0: right. Okay. Uh, now, I guess the the next steps are in uh, are in dissemination of information, in treatment, in again localizing, etc. And in that aspect, uh, this, I think the SWIFT is what it's called.
1: Okay. So that's another project. So yeah, you brought this up nicely. It got also got some minimal press. So now we're talking to doctors, was advice that, you know, it may not be possible to actually, you know, do um, this, uh, the tests which are needed. People are coming with COVID test kits and all that, right? Yeah. But it's it's coming, but it's not there yet, right? I mean, sort of. Now the thing is that only way, unfortunately, one of the ways to fight it would be, it's slightly late though, but would be x-rays, x-ray image, right? But the point is that x-ray, right. you take an x-ray image. And so now what happens is as soon as the COVID sets in, you may mm-hmm. want to see some pneumonia in the lungs and that's where it gets nastier. Now, the point is that now can you actually detect it early enough to take some action, mm-hmm. That, is, that mm-hmm. is the other way to do that. And right. it, that's one of the ways, many ways you can fight it. And, but the thing is x-ray machines are comparatively much cheaper. And available more right. widespread, and every taluka in Karnataka, like yeah. or any other state for that matter, no, yeah. they will have some extra well yeah. government and give an extra machine, right? There's not a yeah. thing, right? That's where we started. So, this swift is a collaboration with uh, a healthcare company in Bangalore called Niramai Analytics. So, between them, and there is also Dr. Padbana of Kamath. So, I mean, this wisdom, I mean, we, we are the tech support guys, right? We are not in the medical domain. So, when the x ray thing uh, came up, then we thought, let's launch a service. The point is, even if you see an extra image, right, you cannot tell whether it is a simple pneumonia or is it a COVID-related pneumonia? Right, we so don't have the information. So now there's a lot of uh, people, I mean, not only us, there are other people around the country who are trying to build that can you build predictive mechanisms through AI data analysis again, which will mm. say the pneumonia due to COVID. And what we had initially was some uh, images from Abroad, I mean that has This is a common information. It's not that we only have it. It's a common information. Right. Right? We were playing with it. So now twist we bring in is that there is something called explainable AI. That is, you'd not don't say that this is COVID. Can you explain it? See, like in a, yeah. as you say, right? You know, this is a dog. But why do you say it's a dog? So this is called explainable AI. Uh, so our, we not only get prediction, we to explain it as well. So Swift is a WhatsApp-based service where doctors are kind enough to post the x-ray images right. and then we come back and say very quickly within 10 20 minutes i mean you could do it even faster with the machine okay. now or we tell them that okay this is this kind of pneumonia and we could also give us some sort of a visual explanation if you will right so this trial is happening right now so i think it has launched now roughly 2 weeks now we already okay. have, uh, I'm quite gratified that we have already served more than 250 people. I mean, this is, this is with no advertisement, but I'm quite gratified by that. Uh,
0: wow. So, in, so, I mean, this is amazing. So essentially, if I'm a doctor and I have a patient who comes in, I get an X-ray done for them of their lungs and I send image. WhatsApp of that image right, 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 right. to uh, some number, some, which number, is, uh, yes. some centralized yes. server kind right. of thing. Right, and the machine that receives the image mm-hmm. has been educated, I suppose, educated. in a way. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. To tell the difference between COVID pneumonia and regular pneumonia right. from that image, from that image, it can say that right in ten or twenty minutes.
1: Yeah, 10, 20 minutes. So now, but now we shouldn't be get too carried away by this. See, that's why okay. so we got into this. Doctors in the loop, and we're not saying this. Everybody should use it. I mean, it's a, the reason is that there are, so we are now doing extensive tests on the accuracy levels, right? So uh, these are very delicate issues, you know, so that's why it's more like a trial phase, but rather very, very, very encouraging because we did some other uh, AI techniques and all that. It's Mm -hmm. not a standard AI technique, which, so there are other colleagues around the country who are also doing similar exercises. So this is a, I mean, see anybody, any of us can do is a small contribution, right? To this now. So, but our so we we differ in at least what I understand differ in methodology and also the explainability part, which gives added confidence and not only, I'm saying this you are this, but I cannot tell you why I think this so far, the pilot has gone very well, but I am this guy who will rather like by definition, we are trained to be sceptical, so we are you know thoroughly investigating it, but so far, results are very nice, I mean and very humbling to see
0: people getting benefited and sending messages. That's really superb. But like you said, I think let's just remind whoever's listening that this is still early, early days, and that there is still a long way to go with regard to the accuracy of the results. Right? And, Absolutely. So, and but so far, so far ah. things have panned out well, but that right. you can just say put down this is just luck. And of course, when you do reach there, I mean, this facility will be made available to the public and in clinics across the country, and then people can obviously take, make full use of it. So that's really some good news to look forward to. I think I am kind of done uh, with the questions that I want to ask. Is there anything that you want to say specifically that you feel that we've left out or that we haven't quite covered in any detail b- with regard to the the paper or swift or, or anything else that uh, you may be working on as an initiative.
1: See, There's one more project I was involved in and that is about, we call it COVID watch. See, the point is in our model, it's a closed population by that. What I mean is that nobody is allowed to come in new so moment. You allow new people coming in. They, some of them may bring some infection. The travel, that's so why travel restrictions were there. No, now it's been, slowly right. right? So it. Now there are pockets of people, you know, who come and they may not be able to afford smartphones or uh-huh. smartphone, or smartphone uh-huh. penetration is much lower. So we uh-huh. built a WhatsApp based survey tool. So suppose there is a, there is some people who were just came in like a migration. Uh, like mm-hmm. let's say mm-hmm. workers who mm-hmm. have come to some place no so local municipal authorities can go there and ask for their symptoms some of them and then the information at real time is conveyed in a zip in an one hour Yeah, he or she has some effects that these groups of people are sick or or they are not really that well or something like that right? and easily updated right also. right right right. So when a tool like that unfortunately we did not see much traction I mean not that I mean, there are so many good tools available I mean, governments are yeah. My, my option is always being to create options. I mean, that's mm. where our job is, I guess. So, other thing is, right. what I wanted to, I don't know whether the thing that rather want to see is in many countries the adoption of robots in this situation, like you know, cleaning and you know, going things and all that, right? So, I wish yeah, yeah, we were there. Yeah. Uh, so, this would be robots often are bad news because they say, replace people and all that. That's what people are worried about, no? But in such situations, it can help in many of these, for example, sanitization Mm -hmm. and all that. No, so this is something, uh, you know, we have some ideas around it. But uh, anyway, so that Mm -hmm. must be
0: maybe, maybe things will go forward now, now that the questions are being asked, maybe there's more urgency to address these problems with different approaches now and to actually examine the cost benefit ratio of automation versus uh, human contact. In these right. cases. yeah, we'll find out. One last question that just struck me was, what were you doing before this?
1: So I have a, this uh, penchant for getting involved in many, many projects. We, anything that excites me is a project
0: we, we do. Oh, yeah. fantastic!
1: So, so, so there Perfect. were many, many projects which were, um, you know, were going on. Many, many, the usual projects we have. We have to learn our daily bread, okay. right? It was very exciting, but maybe very boring for you. So I'll not <laughs> bore you with. Uh, those things <laughs> so those projects are not see these things the projects which you have mentioned are not necessarily research heavy see this is like you know what time there is no time to think you have to, you have to act now so uh, but those projects are more like research heavy but you have to think right so this is this okay whats this is quickly engineer a system which is useful right here research not doesn't take a and I'm a researcher so those are more research level things which we are engaged in or day daily job if you will right
0: right right so, right so
1: those those took a you know so we immediately put that aside and see if we can
0: uh, get engaged in, in this, uh, yeah. you know, and the ISC is clearly a great place to, to mobilize things, is it See some of the things that you see, you
1: know, see the, what is very actually the kind of line I do line of work I do is you probably need good computing infrastructure mm-hmm. and high quality human resource, mm-hmm. whom we can share ideas, think about this. So I would say I'm blessed to be in ISC. Also, you see, we talked talked about Niramai and all that are private players. So, you know, I don't know, other institutes, maybe they're also equally as good, but, uh, Mm. you know, I mean, maybe, as you said, if you think like this in a war, you know, Mm. people have similar mentality, you have to come together and do things, right? So I see that way, it helps like private parties, you know, Mm. um, uh, students uh, excited about contributing to this aspect, I mean, reasonable computing infrastructure, right? So oh, right. I mean, at least person like me, you know, we can move ahead. I mean, whatever we could do, we do.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for talking to us. And uh, also good luck with uh, with all the work that you're doing, sir.
1: So It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so thanks for listening to me. Professors, no, no, nobody wants to listen to professors, but thanks for listening to me. Also, we're looking for PhD students. If you guys want to enroll, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> nice okay. try, but no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for listening. For more information on this project or on other projects developed at the IISC, please visit covid19.iisc.ac.in That's covid19.iisc.ac.in